know, this is live going on up here, right? You can tell that. That's right. All right. The only way to follow up praising God is to continue praising God by opening up His Word. And I pray that you'll take your Bible and open up to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And when you get there, you can put your finger on verse 26. If you're using that pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 1,177. Now, we have just heard in multiples of different songs that the choir has sing, sung or that we have sung together, we are beginning to be reminded of and understand the story of Christmas. How it might be by the world's standard a lot of things, but by God's standards, it's about Jesus. But let me start with just a really straightforward comment. Most people do not understand the true story of Christmas. Let me give you three different examples that I've bumped into that help me support that point. Number one is I'll call it the Christmas story competition. There are many stories at Christmas. Just take a, a peek. So let me just give you some titles here. I've got a lot written down. I'm just going to... A Christmas Carol, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, The Nutcracker, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Elf, It's a Wonderful Life, Die Hard. That's, that's a Christmas movie. I don't get it, but it's, it's, it's a Christmas movie. Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story. All of these are stories, and many of your favorite and family's favorite traditions are sitting down and watching these stories at Christmas. A lot of competition on stories. Number two is the Christmas quiz. It's about this time I was writing this. Somebody walks into my office holding this Christmas quiz. They thought maybe I had printed it off. I had not. But you know that quiz happens in many Christian circles, may have happened in your Sunday school class, may have happened in uh, a fellowship that you were together, where there's a list of Christmas questions carefully worded to be tricky, like this one. How many wise men came to see Jesus? And the choices on the quiz that I saw were one, two, three, and who knows? Most people, when faced with that question, they say three. Why? Because the Christmas story that we've learned tell us that there were three particular gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that were given, so therefore there were three wise men that carried them. But the Bible never indicates how many wise men there were. There was another question I saw. Joseph's family was from where? The, the choices were Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, and none of the above. Most people choose Nazareth because that's where they lived. But we know by looking at the Christmas story that they were from Bethlehem because that's where they had to return to from to be able to complete and take the census. So you got the Christmas story competition, and then you got this Christmas story quizzes, and then there's the Christmas story research. I read a Christmas survey, and it was headlined this, Few Americans Can Tell the Christmas Story. While nearly 90% of Americans will be celebrating Christmas, and while 65% of Americans say that Christmas should be more about Jesus, over 70% say that they could not give you all the details of the real Christmas story. 22% 22 22 state that they could accurately tell the Christmas story. 
31% state that they could tell the story but would likely miss a few details. They could give you the gist of the story. 25% say that they could only give you a quick overview, and 17% of people surveyed said that they could not tell any of the Christmas story. Now, while the fictional stories of Christmas seem to multiply each year, the story of Jesus remains unchanged through the centuries, yet the vast majority of people cannot tell it. Now, I know that you probably are sitting there on Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I'm going to ask you to move your finger backwards to Luke chapter 1. Same, just going to cross over a page and put your finger on verse 1. Church, Jesus is the story of Christmas, and we have many people who need to hear it. Let's stand and read, and we're going to start by reading, first of all, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to read verses 26 through 38. So Luke chapter 1, picking up in verse 1, says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. And move on down to verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open. Now, we started in verse 1. I read verses 1 through 4. Luke is writing this, and he said, Many have taken to set in order a narrative. It means that multiple witnesses have provided the fullest possible details and facts about Jesus. That's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why we have other things that have been written. And he goes on to say that even though others have collected this narrative. It seemed good to me, a witness with perfect understanding. Luke is saying, I can write this because I was there. 
I have heard, I have been told, I have shared this and been a part of this process. And he says, and there's a reason why I want to share this with you so that, so that you may know. Remember I told you how the world doesn't know the Christmas story? Well, one of the reasons that we're given God's word is so we can know. And one things that we're, we can know is we can know with certainty the Christmas story that we were instructed. Scripture, church, is provided so that we can know. And so when we move to verse 26, which you can move your finger all the way to verse 26, we're going to spend our time now going back to what some would consider the beginning of the Christmas story. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. It says in verse 26, in the sixth month. This is the sixth month, as the angel said, of the pregnancy of Elizabeth and Zacharias. They are due to have a baby granted by God to be named John, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, you can read about Elizabeth and Zacharias and John and the birth of that baby. You can read in Luke chapter 1, picking up in verse 5 through verse 25. So everything that we haven't covered this morning. And you can pick back up in verse 39 and finish that story through verse 80 of chapter 1. The angel Gabriel, verse 26 says, was sent by God to Nazareth. Note that this angel was sent. By whom? By God. At a specific time. Remember, we've talked for two weeks now about in the fullness of the time God sent forth his son to be the savior of the world. And again, the highly precise timing of God's story at Christmas. But he was sent by God at a specific time to a specific place to a specific person, which meant that Gabriel, who knew this, who had this news, was held back by God until this appointed time from sharing the message of good news. Verse 27 said that Gabriel was sent by God, specific time, specific place, specific person, to a virgin named Mary. Mary was a teenager, a virgin engaged to be married to Joseph. Note how Scripture shares so many specific details about Mary. We need to stop and sometimes just slow down as we read God's Word. God knew Mary. He knew everything about Mary. And He loved her. How do you know that? The angels just said so. And while God had a specific plan and a specific purpose for Mary on this time that the angel came to visit, I was struck and reminded and want to encourage you to be reminded the same way. God equally has a specific plan and a purpose for you. God equally knows you. He knows where you live. He knows where you've been. He knows all of these things, and he sent his son for you. So this Christmas story, this angel being sent to Mary, can be a great reminder that God desires to speak to you as well. So don't ever allow the Christmas story to just be something that happened about someone else that doesn't impact me. Allow it, Scripture, to speak to you, to challenge you where you are. And this, Luke says, you can know with certainty. Verse 28 says that the angel arrived. 
No, his first word to her was this. Look at verse 28. Rejoice, defined to be great joy or great delight. That's what rejoicing means. So think about this, church. Everything that the angel was about to say to Mary, he has not said it yet, would be worthy of rejoicing. It would be of great joy and a great delight. This is also true for you and me. When we read God's word, when he speaks to us, when he reveals his plans and his purposes for us, they are things that we should always rejoice in. I think it's an amazing thing that we need to understand. The first word the angel said was rejoice. What God has for us, you are to rejoice in. You see, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, it says this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you notice the word for this? Church, can I tell you, whatever this is, you can rejoice in it in God. Because it is the will of God for you. As a Christ follower, we should rejoice and be thankful in every situation in life. Are you willing? I know you are able, but are you willing to rejoice and be thankful in even the hardest circumstances in your life? You might be facing something right now that is very hard, very difficult, very uncertain. And Luke is bringing this word of God to us so that we can know, so that we can be certain in what we've been instructed in. And this Christmas story helps us be able to know and understand that. Are you willing to rejoice and be thankful? See, this is the great truth within the Christmas story. God knows us comes to us, has a purpose for us, and we can rejoice. Since this is part of God's plan for you, it is good for you. And one day you will look back and clearly see God's goodness in whatever it was. So let's, by faith, obediently rejoice and be thankful for today. So the angel goes on in verse 28. He says, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Note that God is with you, highly favored one. This caught my attention. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, this phrase helps me connect it just together. Let me read from Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 to 23. It said, Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, again, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision." God is revealing himself and his plans to Daniel. And we can bring this forward. That's Gabriel's job so many times is to reveal God's plans for individuals. Gabriel, the same angel, and he gets to share a lot of good news, doesn't he? 
Verse 21, he was caused to fly. We're back in Daniel still. God sent him to reveal his plan so that Daniel would know what to do. And now he comes to Mary and he says, you are greatly beloved. Highly favored. Greatly beloved. Same thing. The angel is coming to Mary and he says, Mary, rejoice because God loves you. And everything that's getting ready to unfold is going to be good. Mary hears this, verse 29 says, and she's considered, Scripture says, what manner of greeting this was. Mary is seeking to take all of this in. Church, this is a very big deal. Gabriel says, do not be afraid. Why? Why not be afraid? In Sunday school right now, we're going through a six-week series, some of you all in your Sunday school class too, about what fear does and how we are to combat it through God's Word. Fear can cause us to miss what God has for us. That's one of the things that we talk about as we go through these Sunday school classes. And Gabriel says, do not be afraid. Why? Because in verse 30, he goes on to say, for God, you have found favor with, you are greatly beloved. Now, in verses 31 to 35, Gabriel reveals details about what's going to happen. Verse 31, you will conceive. Verse 35, by the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, you will have a son. Verse 35, he will be the son of God. Verse 31, you will call him Jesus. Verse 35, he will be the Holy One. And Mary asks a good question. She says, how can this happen? Unlike the questioning of Zacharias, and if you go back and study in Luke chapter 1 before and after this story, you'll hear that Zacharias, when Gabriel spoke to him, doubted what God was saying. Mary's not asking out of fear. She's asking a very thoughtful question. She's going, how's this going to happen since I'm not yet married? It's a very interesting thing. In verse 37, the angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. God will bring about all his purposes and all his plans. Everything that God desires will be possible. Church, that's the important part what God wants. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, Scripture says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Do you know that the Christmas story to God is not hard? It's easy. It's been his plan all along. Just like the plans he has for you are not hard. We just have the opportunity to face what Mary's facing. Mary was faced with the impossible. Mary was faced with the story of God, and she answered. Let's think about Mary's answer. She answered the only way that was right. She answered the only way that makes sense. She answered the only way a person of real faith could. She answered the only way we should speak, we should answer when God speaks. Look in verse 38. She said, let it be to me according to your word. In the light of God revealing his plan, Mary said, whatever you want is what I want. 
hearken back to Joseph's story of last week. There's a lot of similarities here. Mary's saying, I may not understand, but I trust you. It may be hard, but I trust you. I trust that your plans are good for me. It was good at Christmas when God gave us his son. Amen? God will always be good to us, so we rejoice. Church, Christmas is about God revealing his great love to us through his son, Jesus. Christmas is about God bringing the impossible into reality. God is the hope. Christmas is the hope that we can have because of Jesus. What we're left with is not do we understand. Luke says you can know this with certainty. And when you know this with certainty, it will change your life. What is your response to Jesus? That's what we're all faced with every single day. Mary's response was, let it be to me according to your word. Now that is a story that we should be able to understand and ready to share. It's a great story at Christmas. Amen? Amen. Now we're going to learn more about it as we unfold it for the remainder of this week. But the question that you're faced with today is, do you trust that God's plans for you are worth rejoicing? And will you trust them and yield yourself to God in every possible way?